Hey, have you heard about our all-new free PDF that you can download? It's called Five Ways Unresolved Trauma May Be Derailing Your Relationship. And if you're a couple that has done the date nights and attended the relationship retreats and learned the communication skills, read the latest books on marriage, but you still find yourself stuck in a loop of pain and frustration, then this PDF is for you. If one moment everything is fine and the next moment everything feels crazy and that is familiar, I encourage you to go to restoringthesoul.com, scroll down, fill in your email, and get the free copy of our all-new PDF, Five Ways Unresolved Trauma May Be Derailing Your Relationship. You're going to find it very helpful. Most people feel like they read this and they wonder if we've been reading their mail. They say, this is us. It's going to be of help. Check it out now at restoringthesoul.com. Hello and welcome to Restoring the Soul, a podcast dedicated to helping you close the gap between what you believe and what you actually experience. I'm your producer, Brian Beatty. Thank you for listening. Now, the essence of the Restoring the Soul podcast is to present conversations that cultivate freedom, flourishing, and wholeness of heart through Jesus-shaped spirituality. And we found over the past six years that many of the conversations were just springboards to help our listeners find freedom by getting them connected to their true healer. Now, today we hope for the same result as we welcome Steve Seiler to discuss Music for the Soul, which helps people deal with impactful issues and find hope and healing through music. Steve is the founder and director of Music for the Soul, and he's an award-winning songwriter who's had over 500 of his songs recorded in the Christian, pop, and country markets. And as always, we've provided helpful links in the show notes, so don't hesitate to take full advantage of that, as well as share today's podcast with a friend. So now, without any further delay, here's your host, Michael John Cusick. Welcome to the program, Steve Seiler from Music for the Soul. Michael, it is so good to be on with you. Uh, thank you for inviting me. Really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure. Our our friendship goes back to, I think, 2007 or somewhere right about there when we met in Colorado. And then, of course, we were uh, you gave me the honor of being part of the Somebody's Daughter CD and then later the Somebody's Daughter video. Yes, and you are, uh, to this day, I consider you to be a secret weapon on that piece. Such wisdom. Well, thank you. And it's interesting to see how uh, DVDs are not quite completely a thing of the past, but a lot of people threw away their DVD player when streaming happened. And I'm surprised by how many people will still download it or watch it in some streaming form. Um, so, since we're talking about it, mm-hmm. musicforthesoul.org is your website, and will you yes. direct people to the Somebody's Daughter uh, resource? Well, when they go to uh, the website, there's a, naturally a place to search, and if they type Somebody's Daughter in there and uh, you know click on it, it will take them to uh, a menu that includes the Somebody's Daughter DVD, the Somebody's Daughter song, the Somebody's Daughter discussion guide, which you authored. 
Uh, all those resources are easy to find. They just need to know the title of the project. And the full title is Somebody's Daughter, A Journey to Freedom from Pornography, which was the brainchild of, of your ministry. And it's uh, a great resource for people that are struggling with pornography and in particular, a great resource for men's groups, etc. You know, Michael, when you mentioned the full title of the project, what's interesting about that is for weeks, if not months, I had been trying to come up with the, the best possible subtitle, right? Racking my brains. What should it be? What should it be? What should it be? And we had this young intern working with us part time. And one day she just said, well, what about a journey to freedom from pornography? And it was like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> it's like, how is it that you have the answer? Total force for the trees moment, right? So it was just such a blessing that God would would give her that and that she shared that with us and felt comfortable telling us what the title of our, our project should be. I love that. I love that. Um, I want to ask you, Steve, to just give an overview, maybe 45 minutes. No. <laughs> Just a brief overview on That's your a really background. long elevator. That's a tall elevator. That was a 200-story building there. <laughs> That's slow motion going up the Burj Khalifa. There you go. Oh uh, your, your background as a, uh, as a secular pop songwriter to mm. moving to the East Coast, to Nashville, and starting this ministry, Music for the Soul. Yeah, I was trying to become, as I always joke, uh, the second coming of Peter Frampton. And that wasn't working out. So I decided to become, uh, you know, the second coming of Carol Bayer Sager. Uh, that didn't work out either. Uh, I did have a, a hit song on the radio and it was like the fulfillment of all my dreams, except for when it happened, I was like, huh, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. So it was pretty, pretty uh, awful. Actually, this moment that I'd worked for my whole life happens. I think I'm going to be overjoyed. And instead, I was despondent. Lord, what on earth am I supposed to be doing? Because this isn't it. You know, I heard this song on the radio and there was just nothing of me in it. I was just aping the culture, giving them what I thought they would buy. So I went into the church middle of the night and said, okay, God, uh, I, you know, get, show me, give me the direction. If it's music, great. If it's something else, great. I just want to do something that matters. And I got a call from a total stranger a couple of weeks later telling me that he was working on a project, a stage project for sexually abused children. And he, it was going to be a musical. And uh, that sounds weird, I know, but he was he was starring in Lehman's Rob at the Schubert Theater in L.A. at the time. And he said, I think you're the guy that's supposed to write the songs. And I held the phone out from my ear and looked up at the ceiling and said, God, that is really specific. <laughs> you know, just couldn't believe what a specific answer I got to that prayer. And that uh, that was the beginning. I didn't know it at the time, but that was the beginning of journeying toward music for the soul, because I took that project, worked on it for three years. And there was a... Um, a conference, an incest survivor conference in New Jersey. We lived in LA at the time and uh, he couldn't go and he was the singer. And that's how I wound up sitting in a room of 300 abuse survivors with a grand piano in the middle. And Steve will sing this song, Innocent Child for us now. And I did that 
felt like I was going to pass out because the pain in the room was just overwhelming, the tears and everything. I'd been told all weekend long, don't hug anybody because these women hate to be hugged by men who are strangers, which made perfect sense. Uh, so at the end of the song, I just burst into this sloppy, goopy tears and, and buried my face in my hands for several minutes. And when I finally pulled myself together and looked up, there was a line of women waiting to hug me. And one of them said to me, people have been telling me I was an innocent child my whole life, but I never believed it until I heard you sing it today. And in that moment, I thought, okay, this is important. I'm supposed to do something about that. And I didn't realize it at the time, but that was the moment God planted the seed that would become music for the soul. Music for the soul is me doing something about the fact that there are people who need to be able to access their pain in a way that's healing and who are who are going to be able to do that through a song. I never heard the details of that story before. That's amazing. Yeah. And since Incredible. then, you've had many situations like that where you bring your piano and you sit down at the keyboard mm -hmm. and the music undoes people. Is that yes. right? Yeah. I, I, I'm thinking right now of, uh, I did a, a home, I call them a, you know, just an in-home concert, usually about 20 people. I like to do a, a very intimate setting where I can look into the eyes of everybody in the room and where I can feel what God's doing in the room. Uh, that's harder to do with, you know, thousands in the audience, <laughs> but we, we have a song called Heaven's Playground that was written based on a dream uh, a woman had about her stillborn son and how she kept seeing him at a jungle gym and holding Jesus' hand, holding the nail-scarred hand. And uh, she wanted to write a song about that dream. And so we wrote the song called Heaven's Playground. And I had this concert coming up and and I thought, well, I'll, I'll just try it out and see kind of what, what response it gets. And I was about... Well, I guess I was just about starting the second verse of the song. I just finished the first chorus and I could feel the weight. I could feel that somebody in the room was having an experience with this song and I started to tear up. And, it, you know, it's not my personal story. And yet I felt these tears just spring to my eyes. It's like, hold it together, Siler. Somebody's, somebody needs this. Afterwards, one of the women came up to me and she said, uh, 30 years ago, my husband and I lost a child to a miscarriage. She said, my husband has never cried about it in 30 years, but he cried about it tonight. And she thanked me and said that the song had broken through to him and gave them an opportunity to, to talk about it. And since then, you've written how many songs for Music for the Soul specifically geared toward uh, key issues of the heart and people's life experiences? You know, the number keeps changing, so I'm never very accurate on it, but it's more, it's way more than a hundred. It's probably closer to 200. And, you know, they're more in process all the time. So it, it, you know, people will say, have you ever written a song about? And I'll think, well, surely they're going to ask about something we've got in the catalog. And sometimes it is, but just as often it's like, well, <laughs> if you're going to deal with the issues specifically, no, I don't think we've ever done that one. And so uh, it's a job that that uh, I have passion for. It's a job I don't think that I'll complete in my lifetime. I'm hopeful that, you know, others will be raised up to continue the work because it, it's it's a never ending task. And how many I know this word is out of date, but how many albums 
or specific <laughs> projects do you have around issues? It's over 20 now, right? Yeah, it's about 20. Yeah. And of course, in, in the olden days, you know, back in 2008, <laughs> we released everything pressed on, in album format because there's an arc that takes place in healing that I like to try and honor where people are trapped in the problem. And we want to identify that because I don't believe people will trust you with, with their hope until you show that you understand their pain. So we always start right in the thick of the problem. We don't try to fix it in the first song. We just say, here it is. We understand what you're going through. Uh, and when people go, oh, my gosh, that's me, right? And then hopefully then they'll begin to listen as we walk through the steps of healing and journey towards the ultimate freedom in Christ to healing and wholeness. Uh, so we've got about uh, 20 projects like that. And uh, the last, let's see, the last two we've done as digital only. So, you know, if you come to the website, you can download the album, but you can't, there are no physical copies. And then for the ones that we still have physical copies of, we, we make it available both ways. But as, as, as the albums are going out of print, uh, we're, you know, switching them over to digital only. And of course now uh, there's a big demand for vinyl. So we, <laughs> maybe right. some, yeah. maybe someday music for the soul retro. Yeah, that's going to be somebody else's task right there. <laughs> I'm I'm surprised by like you can go into a Target and they have turntables there. I know. I, my uh, son has a turntable. He wants all my old records. Yeah, that's great. I'm going to let him have them because I don't want to move them again. Right. <laughs> Remember the old wooden crates that we would put the albums in? Like, oh yeah, they, they were perfect for that. Yep. Steve, what is it about music that penetrates people's heart, soul, mind, brain? Well, there's actually brain science on this. I didn't know the brain science when I started the ministry. I had anecdotally seen the power of a song to change lives and save lives. And I had therapists tell me on multiple occasions, I couldn't get through this person for two years. I played them this song and it opened up their heart. So that was all I needed to, to know to proceed. But later on, uh, I read a book called This Is Your Brain on Music by Daniel Levitin. And started to the journey of learning, you know, that God created us in such a way to uh, respond to music in a way that we don't respond to anything else. I say that when you speak to somebody, your words kind of hit their wall of defense, you know, and, and then they, they fall to the ground. Uh, the, the great thing about music is it seeps through the cracks in our walls of defense, or if you prefer the analogy, under the door, whatever, uh, and opens up our heart before we have a chance to say, no, I don't want that. I mean, I'm sure that all of your listeners have had the experience. They're driving down the road. They're listening to something on the radio or a song comes on over the overhead in the supermarket and bam, they're back in high school or bam, they remember a relationship with the first time they heard that song or whatever. It happens instantaneously. So that's a power music has to disarm. But as it turns out, we process language primarily in the left hemisphere of our brain. And we process music and melody primarily in the right hemisphere of our brain. And it just so happens that our trauma is stored primarily in the right hemisphere of our brain. So when I sing to you, now the message, that melody, it's going straight to the heart of the pain instantaneously, opening up that heart. And then hopefully with the lyric, we can lay that message in the open heart. And because uh, songs... Uh, People remember nine times more of what they hear in song than what they're told more than they and remember, remember more than what they read. So 
we use that uh, brain science, hopefully, to tell somebody, for example, she's somebody's daughter and sing it to them, much better chance they won't forget that message if we sing it to them than if we just tell them. You have countless stories of each of the different projects, and I'm curious if you could take a couple of your favorites or maybe the most recent ones, because I want to expose listeners to a couple of the more recent ones, uh, mm. where you feel like something supernatural either brought it together or where you've heard stories of a, of a dramatic response. Well, there are a couple stories that really touch my heart that come first to mind. I don't, I don't think they're the most recent necessarily, but um, one, we did a project called Chaos of the Heart for, for people who had experienced the death of a loved one by suicide. And uh, on that project, we put a song called How Could You, where the singer actually is angry at the person who committed you know, suicide or died by suicide death. Uh, and they're, you know, they're saying, how could you do that? And then, then they turn on God and say, what kind of God would let this happen? And they just are angry at God and they, they vent. And, um, you know, I've had some people tell me, well, you can't, you can't do that. You're not allowed to be angry at God. And I'm thinking, well, if it's an authentic relationship, he craves with us and he gave us our emotions. Why would he not be able to handle my anger? Right. So we wrote this song and one day there was a knock on our office door. And Sue, uh, my chief counselor, was with me there. And uh, this woman came in and she said, may I speak with you? And she told us that her 17-year-old son had recently taken his own life. And she was a single mom. This was her family. And he was gone. And she said, I lost my faith. I just totally lost my faith. And she said, and then I heard your song, How Could You? She said, you gave me back prayer language. She said, I'm, I'm only screaming at God, but at least we're talking. And I thought, you know, that I didn't even know what to say. I don't know what to say now. I'm, I'm grateful that God would, would use our songs in that way and have those kinds of breakthroughs for people where, where they feel God's presence in a powerful and, and healing way. Cause I think that's the beginning of the healing is, is her opening back up to God. Another one that I just love, another story I just love, uh, we were doing a, uh, a radio show on a Midday Connection, Moody Radio Network, and introducing our project Whole in the Sight of God, that's W-H-O-L-E, for families that are loving a special needs child. And I got a call from a lady who was not uh, the parent of a special needs child, but was caring for her husband who was in a vegetative state. And she said, hearing that song was like having a support group in my living room, which I just thought was such a beautiful analogy. Uh, so, you know, I thanked her and that was that and went on about my day. Well, a couple of weeks later, uh, an envelope showed up in our P.O. box and it was from this woman. And inside were three crumpled one dollar bills. And she was, you know, sharing wow. that she didn't have much, but that she wanted to, to lend her support to our ministry. And I thought widows might, right? Just the power of the intention of her gift overwhelmed me that day and to this. Steve, I want to go back to your mention of the chaos of the heart CD and project. Mm -hmm. um, I lost a loved one to suicide about 10 years ago, my older brother. 
And so that that is a CD that has touched me deeply. And what is the name of Sue Foster, who was on your staff at Music for the Soul? What is the name of her book that she wrote about suicide? Uh, Finding Your Way After the Suicide of Someone You Love. Finding Your Way After the Suicide of Someone You Love by Sue Foster. And you can find that on Amazon. And uh, I recommend that book to anybody. But the the first time I listened to Chaos of the Heart, it was a different song. And it was the opening track. And it told the story of coming home from work and driving by this particular spot where they used to go together. And it just opened me up and also allowed me to access uh, some tears in a part of my heart that I hadn't before. So on so many of your projects, I can either personally testify to or for years now, I have used a number of the songs, almost like three or four tracks that I just kind of keep on deck in a playlist 50 years from now uh, on the Marriage album and uh, and Chaos of the Heart and others. Can you talk about some of the, the most recent projects that you guys have done? Because I've not kept up with what seems to be kind of quickly over the last couple of years, new projects emerging. Well, uh, let me talk first about what we're working on right now. We're working on a project about anxiety, which counselors are telling me is the number one issue facing our culture right now. Uh, which leads to depression and fear and and then uh, secondary issues like uh, drug abuse and alcohol abuse. So we're working on that right now. Uh, one of our more recent album releases, uh, a, song called, uh, a project called Life of Faith, uh, where we deal with several issues that impact the life of faith, such as prayer. Uh, we actually uh, take on social media a little bit on that project and uh, have a song called Look Me in the Eyes or Look Into My Eyes dealing with what real intimacy, uh, what real personal intimacy looks like. Uh, there's a song in there called Set Sail about uh, overcoming the things we fear and and putting our hope and trust in Christ and moving forward. So I really like that project. Uh, Scott Kerpain sings all the songs on there, and he's such a fabulous uh, tenor vocalist. Uh, there's a song on that project called In All Things that may be one of my favorite in the catalog that talks about how God is with us in all things, um, good and bad. And, uh, you know, to, to help us, uh, the prayer is help me see what you're doing in me through whatever it is I'm going through. So that's one of the projects that's recent. Uh, we, we recently released a, a, a digital CD that was a collection of a lot of the single songs that we've done through the years. Uh, there's a song on there about, uh, having a loved one with Alzheimer's. There's a song on there uh, from the perspective of somebody who has been sexually assaulted. It's a, it's a, it's, it's all over the place. It's basically a collection of singles, Uh, but there's some, some really neat songs. There's a Christmas song on that project. Uh, There's a song on that project for veterans who, who have struggled with post-traumatic stress. Um, So lots of things like that. A couple of the later projects were something that I never expected to do. But one of my board members asked, you know, uh, when I was going to record uh, an album as a singer, which I don't really, you know, when you when you have access to the world-class singers we work with, I think my thought is always, why would you want to hear me sing? <laughs> um, but he said, you know, you're a great storyteller. Don't worry about the singing, just tell your stories. And so I wound up recording two projects. One's called Broken to Bless, uh, the theme being that 
it's through the things that have broken us and our vulnerability that we're able to be most like Christ for others. Uh, and then the other one's called Celebration Table, which is, you know, is based on communion. And that it's not a table of, of death. It's a table of life and an invitation to uh, fellowship with Christ. So those, those two projects, you know, for years, people have come up to our tables at conferences and stuff and said, where's your album? And I've said, well, these are all my, these are all my children, right? <laughs> but they've always meant, where's the one you're singing on? And now we actually have a couple. So those are some of the new things from the last few years. I've really enjoyed Broken to Bless, and I've always considered that your CD, your project, because you're on the cover of that, and it's your mm -hmm. name. And I have told you this before, but you look a lot like about a 60-year-old Johnny Cash on the cover mm -hmm. there, the way the way that it's shot, your dark coat, and just mm -hmm. the way that it, it shot you. Hey, yeah, it was just um, cold you, that day. <laughs> I, yeah, well, were you in Nashville when that was shot? Yeah, shot that in Nashville. It was just wintertime. It was just cold that day. But yeah, inadvertently wound up looking like Johnny Cash. So you mentioned Scott Kerpain, and a mm -hmm. lot of people may not be aware of him because like he was a CCM artist and played on some of the Christian radio stations maybe 15 years ago. I remember when mm -hmm. a Christian radio station came to town for the first time around 2003, four, somewhere in there that he had several hit singles. But you draw upon some of the, the best vocal talent and instrumental talent in Nashville. Talk about that, how you get artists to be a part of this, because you don't have the funds in your ministry, you know, to pay people top dollar for what a studio session would charge. Talk about how you get this talent. Well, I'll tell you, I'm not going to name the person because I wouldn't want to steal their blessing. <laughs> but we were working on a project called Mercy Great Enough, uh, which is for people who have a remorse over an abortion in their past. And that's a fairly recent project as well. And th there was only one singer I had in mind for this particular song. And it's a well-known uh, recording artist. And I asked him if he would come and do, do the song for the project. And uh, he met me at the studio and absolutely, you know, just was fantastic as I knew he would be captured the heart and soul of the song. And afterward, when I pulled out my checkbook, he was like, no, 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 you don't, you don't have to pay me. He said, uh, just allow me to use this song in my own ministry when I go to, to prisons and, and uh, that'll be my payment. And that's not the first time that kind of thing has happened. That, that sort of thing happens a lot. What I found is a lot of the, and the musicians in town in particular uh, like to play on our stuff because they play on a lot of stuff that I'll just put it this way, that maybe lighter in its, in, in the depth of the content. And, and we really go to the real places. We, we go to the hard places. And I think I've had people tell me this, this really feels like ministry. You know, people who predominantly work in the Christian music industry feel like they're really doing ministry when they're on our projects. And that's a great compliment. I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful that what winds up happening then is we have some of the best talent in the world, uh, you know, eager to play on our projects. I always offer to pay. I never ask anybody to work for free because I think, you know, the, the workman is worthy of his hire or her hire. And so we always offer to pay. But, uh, you know, we, quite often we get that response of, of people who just feel like their payment was being a part of the project. 
So you had alluded to this earlier that if somebody goes to the website and types in a word or a phrase, and mm-hmm. uh, when I was at your website last time, you had just redone it so that people could go and type in the word abortion, suicide, sexual abuse, and that will take them. So talk, talk about that. So whatever issue somebody, there's a pretty good chance that, that people may find a project or a song related to that issue. Right. And and one of the things we actually say on, on the website is find your song. That's one of the first things we say on the site now. Uh, you know, give us five minutes because a song can change your life. And and I don't know if you've been since we've done this, but we have a menu on the homepage where we list the topics by name, which makes it much easier. If somebody's coming because of a specific topic like Alzheimer's or abortion or suicide, grief or what have you, if they just check the box on the menu and hit submit the songs that cover uh, that topic will will load up and then they can just click on the one they want to listen to. Uh, I want to also mention uh, that everything on our site streams free of charge. Uh, I got a lot of pushback from my board when I said that that cart has to come off of our homepage. Uh, This is not a store. This is a place for ministry. And if somebody finds us at three o'clock in the morning and is on the verge of hurting themselves or in, in desperate pain and needs help, I want them to be able to hear what they need right now. So the songs can be downloaded, but they don't have to be. Uh, and, you know, people also always ask, well, are you on Spotify? Are you on Amazon? Are you on Apple? And, and you know, most of our catalog now is on the other streaming services frustrates me a little bit because as you alluded to earlier with our albums we do we do take care to produce these things and put them in a context and the streaming services obliterate the context <laughs> so but we finally came to the de- decision that there'll be some people who never listen if they have to go to our website to listen so i prefer they go there but certainly want them to be able to find whatever they need you know, anywhere they get their music and same for our podcast, you know, wh- wherever they get it, then that's where I want them to go. And at the website, there's certain projects like somebody's daughter where there's additional resources. Uh, yes. So whether it's yes. a downloadable uh, document or study guide or a link to another resource, talk a little bit about those other resources. Yes, we always want to give people uh, additional resources because if if the song opens them up, that's just the beginning of the journey. They may need a counseling center. They may need a discussion guide or a book or a devotional. Uh, they may want to see the documentary. We have more than one of those. Uh, so there's there are lots of additional healing resources. And we also provide uh, links to other ministries and websites that deal with that issue. So that hopefully what they're getting is a bottomless source of, of resources to help them through what they're, what they're experiencing. Steve, I want to thank you for coming on the program. Thank you, Michael. It's always a blessing to be with you. As we end today, I want to direct people to the musicforthesoul.org website and make special note that you guys have just finished or are wrapping up season one of the Music for the Soul podcast, where you feature songs and have interviews about the various songs. I also want to let people know that you can stream any one of the songs for free and for a minimal cost. It can be downloaded. As we fade out, I want to play one of the most powerful songs from your catalog, and that is the song, An Innocent Child. Thanks for listening today to Restoring the Soul. Precious one, I know. 
So we've wrapped up another episode of Restoring the Soul. We want you to know that Restoring the Soul is so much more than a podcast. In fact, the heart of what we have done for nearly 20 years is intensive counseling. When you can't wait months or years to get out of the rut you're in, our intensive counseling programs in Colorado allow you to experience deep change in half-day blocks over two weeks. 
To learn more, visit RestoringTheSoul.com. That's RestoringTheSoul.com.